Hi, welcome to Leave Your Dream Podcast. My name is Selena Lee, and I'm a career and executive coach. I'm sharing inspirational stories from people who overcame rejections and failures to achieve their dreams. I hope these stories will inspire you to have the courage to pursue your own dreams and live a life doing what you love. You'll also hear about how I've transformed my own career from an investment banker and a corporate lawyer to becoming a coach, which I believe is my calling. You'll also learn the strategies I use to coach many professionals out of unfulfilling jobs and into careers they love. Welcome to another episode of Live Your Dream Podcast. Before I start the show today, I want to read you a review from one of my listeners. This review was written on Podchaser, which is a new review site where you can write me a review even from your Android phone. Lauren wrote, My all-time favorite podcast. Inspiring, touching, and calming. Listening to this almost feels like talking with my best friend in the cafe. Her questions and stories throwing to the audiences are so authentic, and it's such a healing experience to ask myself the same questions and to walk down the path to find out the answer with her. I love this journey in every episode. Wow, thank you so much, Lauren. I actually read your review when I was having a tough day and it totally made me feel so happy and you turned my not-so-great day into an awesome one. Your reviews also reminded me why I started my podcast and gave me the motivation to keep going even on days when it's tough. So thank you so much. Doing this podcast is a labor of love and I do it in the hope that it will inspire and help a lot of people, but I need your help. If you enjoy listening to my podcast or if it helped you in any way, I would be so grateful if you can please tell your friends about it and also share on social media. As you know, I'm a one-woman show and I don't have a huge advertising budget, so I am relying on you to help me grow the podcast so I can help a lot more people. Another way you can help me is by writing me a review. I love reading your reviews and it means so much to me and it keeps me motivated to keep creating new episodes even on days when it's really hard to do so. So I would be really grateful if you can please write me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser if you listen from an Android phone. I'll include both links on the show notes for today's episode. Just open up your podcast app and click on today's show notes or you can go to selinalee.co forward slash episode 45. That is C-E-L-I-N-A-L-E-E.co forward slash episode 45. Let me ask you a question. Do you struggle with not having enough time in a day to do everything you want to do? Do you constantly feel overwhelmed and feel like you're always behind because your to-do list keeps growing and growing? Well, if you feel this way, you're not alone because this is how I feel most days. And I know today's episode will be helpful for you because we're talking about time management. We all need help with that, right? So I'm so happy to share with you my interview with Corey Kogan, who I met at the World Business Forum, where she was one of the speakers. Corey is the Vice President of Global Field Development at Franklin Covey and is a co-author of the Wall Street Journal bestseller, The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity. We talked about how to better manage our time so we can become more productive and also make sure we focus our attention and energy on what's important to us. 
In our conversation, Corey talks about the time matrix in the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which is a really popular book, and I think there's a high chance that you probably read it. I've used a time matrix a lot when coaching my clients to help them better manage their time, and I thought it would be helpful to explain it before you listen to my conversation with Corey. So what you do is you divide all your tasks and activities into four quadrants. Quadrant one is urgent and important. Quadrant two is not urgent and important. Quadrant three is urgent and not important. And quadrant four is not urgent and not important. As you'll hear in my conversation with Corey, the goal is to focus as much time and energy on quadrant two activities and try our best to minimize quadrant one and quadrant three activities and then try to get rid of quadrant four activities as much as possible. This interview was done during the World Business Forum in the press room, and we had a limited time, so this episode is shorter than my other usual interview episodes, but we focus on the topic that I think most of us need help with, which is time management. And it was recorded before the pandemic, but I think what we discuss is still not only relevant, but also important and helpful to our lives now, so I hope you'll enjoy the conversation. Okay, Corey, thank you so much for the inspirational talk. We're at the World Business Forum. I just heard your big speech, and I'm so uh, excited to have this opportunity to have a conversation with you. Well, thanks for having me. I'm delighted <laughs> to be here with you. I know our time is short, so um, I thought we could maybe quickly talk about your background, where you grew up, and then talk about your book and your work. Okay. Um, so you grew up in New York, I think? Yeah, I was uh, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, which is why it was, it was so nice to come back here for this. And I um, went to school in, in New York, and then um, moved up to. I worked at a, a television station in New York City, and somebody there um, ended up going up to the Pocono Mountains, and I went up there and started uh, selling real estate and land and all that kind of stuff. I got into sales. Did really well really early. Then, uh, you know, when you do well in sales, they ask you to train other people, start to train other people. Um, and then the president of that company, I'm giving you the really short version here, yeah, but the president sure. of, of that company went to um, another company uh, in, outside of the hospitality industry in uh, printing, and I went with him. Uh, and ran his, uh, sort of his sales uh, division mm -hmm. um, and uh, really helped to train salespeople and, uh, in, in, you know, and, and really build capability in salespeople. And from there, I started just uh, learning as I went. I heard me mention, I don't have a PhD, I don't have a master's degree. I just worked really hard and started to take over departments and had a few mentors that really saw something in me that I probably didn't see in myself and ended up uh, being the executive vice president of worldwide operations for a global wow. franchise organization. And uh, we actually were, were a Franklin Covey company. We believed in the seven habits as a foundational uh, program, framework for mm -hmm. everybody. And uh, so we were involved in that. And then when I was done with uh, that company in 2005, I went to work for Franklin Covey and started to do you know, my combination of real world stuff and Franklin Covey's principles and uh, became part of that organization. And um, today uh, I, I'm always out keynoting. I'm one of the thought leaders around productivity and leadership. Sure. And I also, again, very real world, I'm the vice president of global uh, field and organizational development. So I'm out with the real people all the time, <laughs> learning, which then informs our work. Um, I read Seven Habits years and years ago, and it really made a huge impact on my life uh, when I was, I think, relatively young. 
And then now that I work as a career coach, I teach a lot of the concepts. And I know that you wrote a book called The Five Choices, The Path to Extraordinary Productivity. Can you tell me a little bit about the book and how you wrote it uh, and, and what you tried to teach people through the book? Yeah, so we, we were talking about the seven habits, which, uh, by the way, is still on the best-selling business list. Yeah. It sells between, in the United States, it sells somewhere between two and 4,000 copies a week. It's really unbelievable. That's amazing. Uh, and that doesn't account for outside the, the U.S. And inside of that, habit three, first things first really took off. People really were glomming onto the time management aspect of that. And over the years, we've taken that and iterated that into its own program, its own body of work. And so over the years, uh, you know, just based on what's changing out in the workforce, so a few years ago, we now moved those principles into the five choices to extraordinary productivity. Uh, very popular, and it's based on the fact that the world is now full of knowledge workers. We're That's out of right. the industrial age. We're in the knowledge age where people are paid to think, to innovate, to create, to execute, not do manual label, although there's some of that, but even that is more complex. So people are thinking more around that. Mm. And in order to really optimize people's time, if you will, we said it's no longer about time. It's about making the highest value decisions, having very focused attention, and having the energy to do that in, in today's world. So that's the premise of the book and the five choices align to those three major skill sets that need to be accomplished in order to feel productive at the end of every day. Yeah, and one of the questions I get all the time from my clients are like, I don't have time to do everything that I'm supposed to do. I'm constantly like overwhelmed and tired and exhausted and there's not enough time in a day to do everything that needs to get done. So um, I would love to quickly go over uh, some of the concepts in the book. Um, you say there are three different categories, uh, decision management, attention management, and energy management. So I think under decision management, um, number one is act on the important, don't react to the urgent. Can you talk more about that? Yeah. So, and we're all really busy and that's not going to change. Right. You know, this is not like, oh, this is read this book or do take this class and your life will be amazing. It can be, but it takes mental gymnastics to do this and act on the important, don't react to the urgent is the process. It's about discernment, intentional discernment. I need to discern everything that's incoming and make a decision in the moment should I be doing this or not? Because what happens is we're in survival mode. So right. we're just doing everything that's coming in and not qualifying it. Like, should I be doing this? Or? We're just trying to do everything so it's wearing us out. And at the end of the day, we're like, we're so busy, but I don't know what I got done today. Interesting. So we're not really paying attention to how we're spending our time. We're not. No, we're in survival mode. Just mm. every email, every, you know, the kids are knocking at the door, an employee comes. We're just trying to do it all. And the, the, the methodology is really about the word urgent and important put into a matrix Yes. so that you have these four quadrants. Mm -hmm. Quadrant two being quadrant of importance. So these are things that are important, not urgent. Mm -hmm. They're the really important things. Not nirvana, not nice to do, but it's your life. Mm -hmm. It's I need to make sure I'm focused on my kids. I need to make sure I get that project done with excellence at work. I need to spend time with my husband, wife, or partner. I need to um, you know, make sure my desk is cleaned up. I mean, it could be a lot of things that I need to do with quality. The problem is we have the other quadrants that are pulling on that all the time. Mm -hmm. So if you think about it, that was quadrant two. Quadrant one is a quadrant of necessity, urgent and important. Something comes in, it's a crisis. 
I need to do it right now. Your boss asks you to do something. Your boss right? does, but we jump on that, but mm -hmm. we may not mm -hmm. have to do it. Sure. But it could be. I mean, you know, think about an IT person and the system goes down. Oh, wow. You, yeah. Right? That's a crisis. So I got to act on it. But there's a lot of things in quadrant one that are self-generated. Mm -hmm. We think everything is a crisis or we wait till the last minute. So we can make that thing really big. We can think about it and go, do I need to do everything right this minute? Is everything urgent and important? Uh, so we need to think about that. That quadrant is never gonna go away because right. we're always gonna have stuff to do, but we can think about it and minimize it. Quadrant three is the word urgent uh, and not important. Right. It's a quadrant of distraction. It's, so think about it, urgent, not important could be an unproductive meeting, oh, which we, uh, which we all know, <laughs> right? Um, it could be um, an accommodator. I help everybody else, mm. but I don't take care of myself. I'm doing right. stuff that's important, maybe important to them. But, and with that, we say you are an accommodator. You're the go-to person. I mean, imagine how you might be able to help that. Why am I the go-to person? Why should I allow everybody to come to me and do everything for them? Why don't I get clear on what's important to me and then maybe say you know hey listen i'm going to show you where that is next time so you can find it yourself kind of thing so yeah. but there's a whole psychology that might you know that goes into that so that's quadrant three quadrant four is not urgent not important mm. quadrant of waste you're too burnt out uh from quadrant one of three so it's excess. And, right. I, and I want to be careful here because people are like, yeah, but I like a little quadrant four. Mm -hmm. And you don't because I'll say, why do you like quadrant four? And you'll say, well, because it's, I, I need to relax. And I'll say, well, is relaxing important to you? And you're going to go, yeah. And I'm going to say it's important. It's not a quadrant four. That's right. So people, you know, that are they're burnt out, but they feel like they can't take time off or take 10 minutes to take a break and your brain absolutely requires that it takes a break before it starts another project right. to be able to do it with excellence. So those are the four quadrants. Quadrant two, important, not urgent. Get really clear on that and then start tearing away a little bit, just a little bit, at the other three so you reclaim some of your own time, attention, and mm -hmm. energy. It seems like um, quadrant two is obviously the most important quadrant, but we don't really spend a lot of time on it. Like things like, you know, um, pursuing our dreams or uh, spending time with our loved ones, um, getting into a relationship, getting out of a relationship that's not working, things like that. Um, how can we be more aware of how we're spending our time so that way we focus our attention on quadrant two? So it's interesting because choice two is go for extraordinary, don't settle for ordinary. Mm. And it's the second half right. of decision management skills. I don't have the answer to that, only you do. So mm. you say dreams, you know, go yeah, spending time with loved ones. Depends on your roles in your right. life and who you want to be. Right. Do you want to be an exceptional uh, or an extraordinary mother or, or girlfriend or partner or whatever it is? And what does that look like to you? So really getting clear on who... So my father is almost 95 years old. Wow. Uh, not in the best of health, but any 95, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And for me right now, my role as a daughter, I'm really clear on what that means to me yeah. right now. And my decision-making during the day or the week is based on, okay, what do I need to do to be the daughter that I want to be to him at this moment in his life? Mm. So choice two, go for sort of don't self-ordinary, actually is a an analysis of your few most important roles in your life right now that need to be the highest quality, mm. extraordinary, and extraordinary means it's high quality. It's not like world peace. It's <laughs> right. high quality. 
And then my decision-making all day long, whether it's me as a vice president or as a parent or as a daughter, through the day when stuff's coming at me, should I be doing that or should I be on the phone with my father? Do you understand? So you yeah. need to decide who do you want to be in those few roles because your values mm. are integrated right into them. Right. And then you'll start making better decisions during the day because you can keep doing that. You can go, oh, I don't have time for my child. You know, I don't have time to go to the soccer game. Really? Right. You do. It's hard, but you do because mm. we always have time to do something we want to do and choose to do. Oh, of course we do. Right? It's called labeling and reappraising in the neuroscience world. If you mm. just wrote down... Okay, I'm a, a daughter. What does that really look like? And you will do it. The probability of doing it goes up because you're labeling it. Or even if you evaluate it, how am I doing as a daughter? Or how am I doing as a vice president? Or how am I doing as a friend? And you're going to look at it. If you rated yourself, mm. you're going to rate yourself low. And you go, oh, my goodness, I need to do something about that. That's different than in the back of your mind you're going, Oh, we're such bad friends. Tom and Mary wanted us to go to dinner. We didn't go to dinner with them. It was so bad. And you let it go. But when you do that, you put it in front of you. You label it and appraise it. Your brain does a whole other circuitry of things where it becomes much more real. So if you actually write it down, it will give you more clarity. You should write down mm. what are the few most important roles in my life right now? Mm. How am I doing at them? And just take a look at that and then decide, okay, now who do I want to be? And write wow. what we call quadrant two role statements right. that say this is, you know, as a vice president, I'm going to ensure that I build the capability of all of our teams, you know, around the world. So that helps when 27 people come to me and say, can you do this? Can you do that? I'm very cautious because I'm like, can I? Should I? Am I going to be too burnt out? Is it really going here? Is it mean I'm a team player or not? So it's helping make those decisions. So getting really clear about what roles are important to you, because we all have different roles in our lives, and then making sure that we are spending our time that's aligned with that. As best you can. It's not going to be, again, I always want this to be real. It's right. not going to be perfect. Right, of But course. if I get it even a little more than half of the time, mm -hmm. and once you start making those decisions and it works, it's like, oh, I'm so glad I went to my kid's soccer game. Yeah. That was so good. It will, you know, again, Jim Collins talks about the flywheel. It will turn your little flywheel just a little bit each time. Right. So you'll get some momentum and start to really be able to get some good habits in place, both in your life, work and you know, play mm -hmm. and family and stuff like that, where you'll start to do a, a better job of planning at your time. Wow, I love that. It's really powerful. Yeah. Um, next, let's talk about the attention management. You say schedule the big rocks, don't schedule for the rabble. So again, uh, what happens a lot of times, people will start to do their email yeah. and it's like, oh, let me just get these 20 emails out of the way and then I'll get to the real work. And yeah. then another 20 come in and you never get to the real work. So planning, and it's amazing because people do planning. People have calendars and stuff like that, but I hear this all the time. We say, do weekly planning. Big rocks are the most important things that I need to do. So if you go back to the role statements I was just talking about, as a daughter, I'm going to make sure that I am, you know, with my dad in the sunset of his life, uh, you know, at least once a month or, you know, whatever it might be, uh, or talking to him, whatever it might be. If you don't put stuff in your calendar, the odds of it happening go way down. Oh, for so sure. So let me reverse that. Mm. Thousands of studies out there will show that if you put something on paper, back to paper, mm -hmm. it, or you make something very specific and measurable, it increases the probability of accomplishment by two to three hundred percent. Wow. So if we got good and said, okay, my big rocks this week as a daughter, I'm going to call my father on Wednesday, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to talk to my sisters about his condition on Friday, and he put it in there. I'm going to start working on this project. 
So it's a task, but I'm putting it in my calendar so that when you come in and say, hey, do you got a minute? I look at my calendar. It's going to put the brakes on for me. Right. You say, oh, you know what? I'm going to start a project in 10 minutes. Uh, can we do it at 4 o'clock you know, in the afternoon instead? Mm. So these big rocks, don't sort gravel, is identify your big rocks, get them in your calendar, first and foremost, weekly. Meaning, weekly planning, really important. I don't care if it's Sunday night. I don't care when you do it. Do it when you can be quiet and you can be in your prefrontal cortex, when you can think. Think about my roles, the emotion that goes with it, and then I don't, I don't care if you take 20 minutes or two hours. It doesn't matter to me, but it can't take you one minute. You just need time to think. It's mm -hmm. not a task list. What are the few most important things that if the world went to heck in a handbasket, I'm still going to get those few things done mm -hmm. and get them in your calendar? I heard you talk about 310 promise. 30, 10 30, promise. 10 promise. <laughs> right. So 30 minutes for weekly planning, mm -hmm. 10 minutes for daily planning. So the end of the day, mark things complete, which people love to do, by the way. Do you ever do this where you have a, a, a legal pad with mm -hmm. a list of things to do? Oh, of course. And then, yeah. And then you go out and you do something and you come back to your office and it's not on your list and you'll write it down just to be able to cross oh, it off. Oh, I, I do that all the time. Right. It makes me feel good. <laughs> I know because that's a dopamine hit. Yeah. That's accomplishment. Right. And so you're manufacturing it. It's like, wait, I don't want to lose that. Let me write it. Down. It's a waste of time to do it, but you right. do it. By doing weekly daily planning, 10 minutes at the end of the day, you will be navigating to productivity versus, wait, I was productive. Let me make sure I document mm -hmm. that. So 10 minutes at the end of the day, mark things complete. If you didn't get stuff done, which is going to happen, move it around so you're really solid on you know, your planning systems and you're not missing a beat. Mm, I love that. Um, Number four, um, so the second one under attention management is rule technology, don't let it rule you. Unfortunately, I think most of us are in the latter category. So a lot of times people say, oh, well, I must be addicted. I love my technology. You can love your technology. It goes back to choice one. Am I using my technology uh, as a distraction? Or is it a waste? So is it quadrant three and quadrant four? Interesting. Or am I using it for good? So am I sitting in a meeting, you know, surfing around on my cell phone when something important is going on? Am I home and my child, I see this all the time, my child is trying to talk to me, I'm busy. On the phone. On the phone. Mm -hmm. So addiction means that there's damage. That's what I want to say. You can love your technology. Am I using it appropriately? Or is it causing damage? Because mm. addictions cause damage. If you're up all night, uh, if you're playing games all night, not getting any sleep. I, I mean, so it's not for me to decide what to do with it, but we need to rule our technology. Mm -hmm. And we need to align our technology, particularly mm. when it comes to our work systems. Right. So, you know, turning Outlook into a productivity engine is an amazing thing. Wow. It's one of the biggest secrets in the world. Outlook has these inherent things in it that... Um, allow you to turn, I mean, people are like, oh my God, you know, email, I, I can't stand it. I love it because I want people sending me emails because by utilizing some of the rules and utilizing the task management system in the calendar creates an amazing dashboard of, uh, you know, for you to see your life. I heard you talk about the principle of one. Yeah. So the principle of one, here's the thing. Uh, I say, where's your stuff? Your stuff, you got a pile of stuff on your desk. I have a lot of stuff. You have a lot of stuff. And, if you, and, and I deal with a lot of engineers, and they mm -hmm. can't deal with that kind of chaos. Yeah. So they need a process. And really, when you think about your stuff, 
your stuff can only be, it can only be four categories. Mm -hmm. It's either an appointment, a contact, a note, or a task. Interesting. So it's only, it can only ever be one of those things. So if you were cleaning up your desk and you picked up something like, oh, that's an appointment with Corey, let me get it on my calendar. Or, oh, that's a to-do, let me put it on my task list. Or if it's a contact, I'll put it in Outlook. Uh, And if it's a note, I'll put it in my file. So there's really, that's it. That's the math on it. In the old days, people had paper planners, and in a planner, and some people still use them now, we, we sold that part of the company a, a while ago, but it was a great, the planner was a springboard, is one of the greatest leadership development tools in the world, because when somebody had a planner, you knew they meant business. They were very organized, right? Today it's all digital, so the principle of one. Uh, we need all of those things in one place. You need one calendar, one task list, a place for your notes. So when you're t- talking about your technology, it's one across devices. So my calendar should show up on my computer, on my iPad, and on my phone. You should not get caught up in multiples because, Mm -hmm. let's say a task list, because here's my task list, or calendars, right? Oh, I put it on that calendar, but I was looking at that one, so I missed missed it. Or you have two different task lists or something. Right, so you (laughs) want it. It's really beautiful in in this day and age where you almost, you can sync everything, so no matter what device you pick up, you've got one calendar, one task list, one place to put your notes, and uh, one place for your contacts. Mm, that is very, very useful. I got to get rid of multiple task it's, lists. You'll, you'll die with it. You cannot yeah. win. You cannot mm-hmm. win. So lastly, um, energy management. You talk about fuel your fire, don't burn out. So your parents taught you, there's five energy drivers, and your parents taught you these. You need to move, you need to eat, sleep, relax, and connect with people. They taught you it. seems simple. The goal is they're tightly integrated. And the goal is if we need to make the highest value decisions and we need to be focused, our brain needs an enormous amount of energy to do that. So underpinning all of it is your purpose, right? right. Why am I even here? What am I doing? It goes back to what roles do we play? But besides that, you better be eating right and sleeping right and getting exercise because the research, if you're not moving, if you're sitting all day, sitting is the new smoking. You've heard that. Cortisol, when it comes to stress, is putting people in the hospital. Wow. Uh, Eating, you know, sugar in the afternoon sends you crashing down. So there's all kinds of studies about that. And the goal is how do I optimize my brain so it can make decisions morning and noon and night that affect my entire life for good or bad. I'll just give you one quick example of that. How many people, when they go home from work, show up at the front door and the door opens and there's a partner, a spouse, a child who can't wait to talk to you mm. and you have nothing for yeah, them, right? right? It's like, oh goodness, so I, can't, I can't do this right now. And how do you take care of yourself so when you get home, you've got what it takes to have the right quality in your mm. relationships. Right, because if we're not taking care of our body and our mind, we can't be productive in any areas of our life, right? Can't, so, can't. And one thing that I've learned over the years is that uh, there's one thing I cannot outsource is like eating properly and working out. And That's sleeping. right. That's right. right unfortunately. <laughs> um, any other final words of advice for our listeners, Corey? I think, you know, a lot of times we deal with, with this in, in the leadership realm. And I think for all of this, um, we're on such a hamster wheel and there's a lot of assumptions out there that you need to work 24 hours a day and all that kind of stuff by the leadership. And in some cases people want to, in order to, you know, get what they want to get out of life. And that's, Okay, but even what we were saying, if the leaders don't model some of this, you know, think about that. A leader feels like, I'm going to work morning, noon, and night, 
And then they're trying to develop a great team that's engaged and at the top of their game, and that team will model the behavior that they see. Mm. So in this day and age, in the knowledge worker age, when we're paid to think, to innovate, to create and execute, you know, leaders and everybody, and everybody's a leader, how do we model behavior that we want others to follow around being productive? Well, thank you, Corey, so much for sharing your wisdom with my listeners. And I hope uh, a lot of us listeners are now inspired to live an extraordinary and productive life. Thank you very <laughs> so much. It was great you. to spend time with you. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Corey, and I hope that you'll be able to implement what we talked about in your own life so you can focus your attention and energy on what's important to you. If you're looking for guidance on how to find happiness and fulfillment in your career, I put together a guide to the three steps to finding true career fulfillment. In this guide, I share the three common themes of the people who have achieved incredible amount of success. And if you find what those three things are for you, I can guarantee that you'll not only have a successful career, but also a very fulfilling life. So if you want to check it out, you can download it by clicking on today's show notes on your podcast app or on my website, selinalee.co, that is C-E-L-I-N-A-L-E-E.co. And if you enjoy listening to my podcast or if it helped you in any way, I would be so grateful if you can please tell your friends about it and also write me a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser where you can write a review even from your Android phones. This is the best way you can help me to grow my podcast so more people can find out about it. I actually check several times a day to see if there's a new review. I know it's kind of funny and silly, but this is how I know you're listening and what I'm creating is actually helpful for you. So if you want to make my day, please write me a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and I would be so grateful. If you have any questions about my one-on-one coaching or have any thoughts or questions about my podcast, you can reach out to me on my website, selinalee.co forward slash contact. That is C-E-L-I-N-A-L-E dot C-O forward slash contact. Or just click on today's show notes on your podcast app and that will take you to my website. And please subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And I'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a great week.